Hello, fellow travelers, and thank you once again for joining me on the Unbroken Ground. My name is Paul, and uh, this is episode 44, uh, and it is simply going to probably be titled, Why Are You, Why Are you Not a Pastor? Uh, and yeah, that's going to be, if, you, if you've been listening, uh, episodes 42 and 43 were just kind of me reminiscing about uh, my life and, and uh, how I got to where I got. And so this will be the, the last in the series. I'm not going to go any further than, uh, than this one. Um, and so this will not take me to modern day necessarily, but it will uh, at least explain some parts of uh, who I am and what I do and why. So I uh, do want to give a shout out uh, if you've been uh, paying attention much to the podcast lately. Uh, I did have a couple of um, special episodes, one with Jim, um, who has been a regular guest and done some different things with him. Uh, excited for him to be uh, just do kind of a straight interview, um, no no funny questions, and that one's uh, done very well. And then, of course, I had my friends Travis and Olivia come over, and, and we did a, a three-person uh, podcast, and that has set the record for the most downloaded po- podcast in the first week, but also just uh, all together. Um, it, it is the most downloaded episode, so... So that's really cool, and um, congrats to them. Uh, I know that Travis has dreams of starting his own podcast, so hey, keep keep your eyes out. Maybe we'll be doing something again in the future, or maybe I'll just uh, stick around and produce some of his stuff. Um, so if you're, uh, this is probably the one time that you're sad that I don't do a video podcast because... As part of my uh, hanging out with youth, uh, we had a Halloween party tonight at the the church youth group that I help with, and I am wearing my Christmas sweater uh, that has a Tyrannosaurus Rex on it falling, trying to put a, a star on top of a tree, um, and I wore it ironically. Uh, so sorry that you can't see that. Maybe I'll post a picture um, sometime in the future so that you can see that. But uh, yeah, we're going to jump in here and just kind of take off. Uh, so again, if you haven't listened to episodes 42 and 43, then, then you might, this might pick you up in a weird place because I'm going to be taking off from uh, where I left off uh, in episode 43, um, I guess 41, 42, and 43. Um, so, so three episodes. So this will be episode four, but it'll be the last one. Uh, so check those out and um, yeah, let's jump in. So I kind of left. I said we were going to leave us on a cliffhanger of um, basically where uh, Callie and I, I we, we'd met, we'd been married. Uh, we were, were both graduating from seminary. So we both went to Logson Seminary, which is a, which was, um, it's not no longer a seminary. It was a Baptist uh, seminary on the Hardin-Simmons campus um, for those keeping score at home in case I forgot to mention this that is where I thought I was going to go go to college but that's not where I ended up but I did end up there for seminary uh, it was an amazing place it was an awesome I mean it's the place that Callie and I met if it if we hadn't both shown up at seminary at exactly the same time um, we would not have met each other um, most likely I guess uh, the way the world works we could have but we would we wouldn't have been married and, and yeah, 18 years later, um, we would life would look very different for me. I have no doubt. So uh, we were we were graduating. I was graduating with my master's of divinity, which is the the full 
workload, about 90 hours there from, from Logston Seminary of uh, theology and uh, Bible classes and that. And Callie um, had started to get her MDiv, but she actually switched to get her Master's of Arts in Family Ministry, um, which is a little bit um, less theology and more psychology in some ways. And, and yeah, but we both, we both were graduating, uh, in the winter. So December of that would have been December, 2000 and man, I'm really bad at dates, 2008 or 2009. Uh, we were, uh, we got to graduate at the same time, which was kind of fun. Uh, but it was very disappointing for Callie because, because she was in a different, school, basically the Master of Arts uh, Family Ministry, which again included some psychology. It was a little bit different uh, than the Masters of Divinity, and so they actually had uh, somebody else get a Masters of Arts um, that that uh, got their name called In Between Us. So, so Callie graduated, got her name called, uh, another gentleman got his name called, and then I got my name called. So she had originally thought that it'd be kind of this cool thing that we'd both be walking across the stage back to back, you know, that since we had the same last name, but, um, it didn't, it didn't work that way. Um, because, well, I guess the, the gentleman didn't have a, a master of art family. She was the last master of arts family ministry, but then we had another guy get his master's of divinity. Um, and his name was in between ours. And so it didn't quite work like, um, the fairy tale. I think that Callie had planned, but that's okay. We were, we were graduating, um, I had been had been uh, pastoring at this church, um, and it was um, yeah, it was a very interesting place. I kind of kind of went through that last week, of, uh, but it wasn't um, it was not a place that was really built to grow, and and, and people and people really were not um, really wanting to. Gr- I it it just wasn't a place. Um, it was in, it was in the country. Uh, it was surrounded by other Baptist churches. It was not the 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 main draw uh, by any sense of the imagination for uh, any. And and a lot of people um, drove out there from uh, where you know it was a twenty minute drive from Abilene, and uh, so it just it just wasn't uh, a viable place to continue for much longer. Uh, and so I, I just began to pray uh, and ask God to say, all right, God, I'm about to graduate. Um, where do you want me to go? Uh, what do you want me to do? Again, you know, again, if you've listened to some of the other podcasts, you know, that's a common theme that I'm willing to go wherever God wants me to go. That's what I, that's what I want to do. That's where I want to be. I want to be like Moses. When Moses says, God, uh, you take me wherever, but just make sure that, that if you're going to take me wherever, that your spirit is what is where you know, it was going before me and that that's how we get to where we need to go. And so, um, began praying and there was a church in San Angelo. Now, again, San Angelo is where I spent my undergrad at. Uh, that's where I lived, uh, for six years, loved it. Um, loved being in San Angelo, Cali likes San Angelo. And, and so I started talking to this church and we went through the whole process. I did an interview, and then I then I preached for the search committee at another church, um, and then I had a second interview, and and everything seemed to be 
uh, as as far as as far as I could tell, um, there was there was no red flags on my part, um, but uh, and everything seemed to be going forward, and except for this one issue, um, which was very strange to me because I um, I really didn't have a strong take on it one way or the other. Um, and they were very concerned about the style of music. And I'm about to go down a huge rabbit trail here, so sorry if you've uh, heard this before or know this or had never lived it and don't care. Uh, I'm going to go down it anyway. So in when, when I started in college, um, summer camp music had just been making its way to come back to regular congregations. And you saw, especially in the South, especially San Angelo, especially, I mean, just Texas in general, though, um, you saw places that if you, if you move from just doing piano, organ, hymns, uh, you know, in the hymnal and the, and the songs, and I, and I love hymns. I grew up singing hymns. I, I, there's a bunch of hymns that I love, can still sing from heart and memory, uh, and nothing against hymns. But what, what happened is that, that churches began to... Um, get people who could play acoustic guitar, uh, people who and, and and drums and electric guitar and bass, and and started to do the kind of worship that people had experienced at camp, and um, decided to bring it back to every Sunday, and you know San Angelo had the first probably the first church that did it, just blew up uh, with people. Um, just leaving other churches. I mean, not necessarily. And so this is where you have to be honest, right? It's not necessarily growth because new um, people are showing up at the church, although some of that probably is true. But really, uh, it was people who decided that they wanted to sing that style of worship that they got to sing when they were away at camp, um, who, who grew up there going to camp as, as, as high school students and now who were kind of the adults making the decisions, they wanted to have that kind of music at their church. And so, so, so Glen Meadows was one of the first places just blew up, just, uh, just, just filled. I mean, just became big. Uh, and so everybody, um, that was around, kind of were like, yeah, this is something that we have to at least consider or think through the implications of having praise and worship versus regular um, hymnals. Now, some of you are like, well, you've already, you've already muddled things here because you, you know, the hymnals are praise and worship. They are songs of praise. They are songs of worship. And I, and I 100% agree with you. However, we're talking styles here. And, and what happened is, is that those churches that wanted to grow, right, wrong, or indifferent, if you wanted a quick way to grow, um, which is probably wrong um, and very not indifferent, but if you wanted a quick way to grow, um, at in the early days, you could change your music. And if you did so, then you um, were on the cutting edge and you just attracted people. Um, and now, you know, there's a lot of that things go through cycles and so... But, um, so that would have been early days, 1998, um, 19, you know, 
that's when I was headed to college. That's kind of when I began to sense that and see that. Of course, I grew up in this tiny, small town, and we didn't we didn't do that that technology, that worship. We just had you know we just didn't do that except on Sunday nights with the youth, and we went to camp or when we had a disciple now or something like that. That's when we would have that kind of music, and and we we loved it, but there just wasn't. Um, that's just not what you did on Sunday morning, and and kind of. Um, you know, uh, some, of, some of the more charismatic churches that, that like the Vineyard and uh, those that kind of put out praise and worship, um, they kind of pushed against the, the more conservative Baptists um, who were less about the spirit leading, but were like, yeah, we do like to sing these kind of songs. We do want to step out of the, the old tradition. And so... So then it became kind of a worship war, and you had like you know people lining up. Uh, well, you know worship songs are too repetitive, and, and other people going, well, well hymns are just too dull. They don't have any emotion whatsoever. They're not, um, you know, and worship songs uh, really speak to me in there how I worship. And and in the end, I think it was it was wrong on both sides because what we did um, in a lot of places is that we decided that. The more than likely, and, and this is a grand generalization, so sorry about that. Um, I don't really have enough time to talk through all the different, but just kind of a very brief overview of what kind of happened in Baptist life, particularly, um, which I'm not generally, I don't go to a Baptist church anymore, and so I'm, I'm still ordained in that, but I'm not. Anyway, um, what we said, whether we meant to explicitly say it or just what was said implicitly, which impl- impl- implicating what we implied with what we did and how we did, um, was that we were pretty convinced that the older people were going to come to church no matter what. And they did, for the most part. Whether we sang hymns or whether we sang praise and worship songs with a guitar, um, the older people were going to be there because they, they had this, they were already committed and bought in, right? And so... We so then the people who had kind of the vision they said well if we if we update the music um, we'll still have the old people because the old people will still be there because they're not going anywhere they'll outlast us all uh, stubborn as they might be but we can start to see uh, attracting some younger people and growing in that area and and I do think that the original idea was that that it would be you know new converts it would be people who um, didn't know Jesus and then suddenly like wow this is this is music it's it's not just um, kind of stuffy theological hymns and all that kind of stuff and um, so we kind of made this um, demarcation a little bit that was like, well, we know that the old people would really like us to just continue singing these hymns, but they're going to come regardless. um, So we don't have to meet their needs Uh, in worship. We can just do what will grow the church uh, younger, which we do. The the churches need to grow younger. That's just, that's just the the nature of of what it means to have a church and to grow and those type of things is you do have to continue to get younger because the old people as natural life takes its 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 uh, rotation, um, those people are going to no longer be at church one day. Um, their money will no longer be there. Their their time, their resources, their bodies, their hearts, their their wisdom will no longer be there. And so you do have to have um, a way to capture the younger generation. And this was this was a, a way. So down that rabbit hole, that happened started happening around nineteen ninety eight. Um, but, but 
whether or not churches stepped into that was really dependent upon which church you were at, how big it was, and who was in leadership. And so one of the questions that um, I really didn't care, um, like I say, I love hymns, uh, I coerce the hymns, I, I, I love blended services, I love um, full-on praise and worship choruses and, and songs, today's songs, all of those things, I'm like, yeah, I can meet God here. Oh, yeah, I can meet God here. Oh, yeah, no, I can meet God here. So I, I didn't really care, but they were very concerned. Um, I believe almost overly concerned that I, being young, and I'm putting young in quotations here because um, I started seminary when I was 25. I graduated when I was 28, almost 29 um, and so they were, they were very afraid, I think at the end of the day, that as a young guy, quote unquote, I was going to bring in some praise and worship music and just change their whole style. And, and they didn't want that. And, and, and what I said, um, the way that I answered that question, cause they, they were, they were very like, well, what kind of music are you going to bring in? And I was like, I don't know. I would want to do whatever the congregation wanted me to do because I, uh, I believe in the, the Holy Spirit moving throughout the whole congregation. We're all the priests of the believers that we all have a say in what is going to happen. And so I'm not going to come in and just say, well, we're going to do wholesale changes and be praise and worship. But I'm also um, not going to say that we won't do that, that, that we'll only have hymns uh, because it's not, it's not really up to me. Um, it's, it's not about my preference. It's, it's about what God's doing in the church. It's about what, what God's got going on in the hearts of the people. And, and so I was like, I can't tell you. And I, and I think, I think that was enough of a non-committed answer, um, which was true. It was a very true answer. I really literally did not care. I literally was not going in to come in and, and, demand one way or the other or uphold one or the other. Um, but that, that lack of solid, I tell you what I'm going to do and we're not going to change from that was enough of a variable for them to be uncomfortable with moving forward with me, even though we had gotten to the point that, um, I had, you know, done, done, done a couple of interviews. I had preached for the search committee. I mean, at, at that point, um, is usually in, in that faith tradition is to, to go in front of the congregation, preach a sermon in view of a call, and get voted on. Uh, and that um, December 31st or January 1st, one of those days, I can't really remember, just know it was, I think it was New Year's Eve, I got a call from the chairman of the search committee, um, and he was like, yeah, we're just not going to go with you. Um and that was it. Um, so Callie and I had, um, at this point, kind of thought that that's where God was leading. And we prayed about these things. Uh, you know, God opened the doors to, to for the interview. And, and, I mean, to go back to San Angelo where there were still people there that I, that I loved and I cared for. And, and, and I knew the town. And I knew a lot of people in the churches. And I'd get to serve alongside those people and, and be part of the, this community that I was a big fan of, that I grew up, had, you know, served already. Um, I, was, I, was, that's, I was all in on that. Um, that's where I felt like God was leading me. I, I, I felt like that's what God wanted. Um, 
there was no hesitation on my part uh, about moving there and 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 moving moving on to be the next steps. That was going to be my next step. I was going to graduate from seminary. I was then going to we were then going to go to San Angelo and it, even up to the point that I had already put in my resignation at at uh, the other church I was at. Now, to be fair, um I was probably not going to stay there much longer anyway. It was Again, not not a it was not a place that was built to succeed or grow. Um, it was just some people who were holding on to a location and a place um, that um, probably would have been better served to combine with another one of the churches you drove past to get there. But it was it was their church. It it, it stemmed from. So I don't think what's uh, if you didn't grow up in the South, what you don't understand or what it's hard to understand is that they're literally in the North or in the even in like the Midwest I'm in now, um, there are literally like pubs in every little town, um, maybe one or two pubs in every little town. Well, in the South, there are literally uh, one or two churches in every little town, sometimes more than that. So whereas in the Midwest, like living in uh, Illinois as I do now. I can drive around even to little towns and I'll see little pubs or, or see, you know, bars um, that you would see churches on every street corner. It was just so it was so that was the culture and you would not see pubs, bars, stuff like that. So. So it was a place that I was already God was already saying, yeah, I think uh, I think we're, we're moving on from here. And I, th- and I think, and, and we had, and I mean, we'd prayed about it and we just thought, yes, San Angelo's, that's where God's calling us. And so in January, uh, you know, January 1st, um, new year, new plans. I mean, it was, that was the plan. I was going to be a pastor. I was going to go and, and, uh, serve this church in San Angelo. I was going to connect with, all the people that I could connect with. I was going to connect with some, some, I, I was a youth minister there. I was going to reconnect with some of the youth and, and, uh, that now that had become adults and, and, you know, invite them to be part of a church cause they, you know, having a hard time finding places like that. Um, I was, yeah, my, my heart and my desires, my vision, my everything was headed that direction. And December 31st, with one phone call, that door was closed. And we didn't have a backup plan. We didn't have a, uh, a plan B. We didn't, we didn't know. We didn't, we just, we just were so sure that we were headed towards San Angelo, that I was going to be a pastor. And that's what I was going to do for the foreseeable future. And the door was closed. Um, it was hard. We started over from square one, and and if you've uh, if you've never done, either been on a search committee or uh, you've been a pastor looking for a job, pastor jobs don't. Um, they're not quick. Churches, especially with committees and holidays and people in and out and being so busy, it takes quite a bit of work uh, to to figure out if a church is going to 
speak with you and then figure out how to speak with you and do it and do the, do the interview and then and then listen to the preaching and then it, it's not a quick process and so Callie and I both had you know kind of tentatively I definitely put in my two weeks notice and Callie had um, had put in a a tentative notice at her work too although not I don't think it was uh, quite as like this is the day just more of hey this is this is something that's going on and and so I graduated um we were graduated I thought I knew where I was headed and I had to start over at square one and and so that's what we did and I just began I mean I just began to start looking again all right God I thought I knew where you wanted me to go, but that, that wasn't it. Where do you want me to go? I want to go where you want me to go. God, show me. And we started, I started, uh, I mean, I just, that that's full on panic mode at this point. I mean, January 1, I don't have a job. Um, not going to school anymore. Uh, Callie is kind of still working, I think. Uh, I think she didn't officially, and, and she could have, I, I think if she had said, hey, I'm going to work, come back and work for you guys, just kidding on that, they would have definitely taken her back. She was working for a home health care, like, scheduling thing, and um, they, they, were very, they were very happy with the work she did. And, and so, so she, we could have stayed, but, but it, was, it was just the, I graduated. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to go on to the next step. I'm ready to go to the place that I think God has me, and then that, that door just closed. Um, and so I began searching again, and one of the things that I remembered, um, since I had worked for my friends David and Rosie up in Colorado, was that that um, Christian Camping and, and Conference Association, um, it had now changed from uh, Christian Camping International, um, CCCI, um, to uh, CCCA, um, and I remember that they posted jobs. And so I, on a lark, I got on there and I looked. And lo and behold, um, there was a camp job for a husband and wife. And, you know, for Callie and I to, to both graduate from seminary, we, we weren't really sure what that was going to look like. Callie was pretty committed to just, you know, being whatever um, she needed to be to support me as a pastor um, and kind of me being more the breadwinner. Um, for a while there, we were trading off uh, between uh, who was making the money. Um, so I would get a job and she would get a job. And then, um, and so it's really her turn. She hasn't taken her turn back. So I'm a little disappointed about that. But, um, but she was ready. She was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with my degree, but, I'm, but more than anything, I would just want to, you know, I've married you. I'm going to be a pastor's wife. I'm going to do that. And I was like, cool. I don't know. Um, so, so we, I was like, I don't know, we'll figure it out, you know, <laughs> with all the optimism of youth and not knowing <laughs> what the future holds. I was like, we'll figure it out. No problem. No worries. Right. And uh, so so it was really cool. So it was like, yeah, this camp is is, is looking for a husband and wife uh, and they need a program director and a maintenance guy slash cook slash um, 
I don't know, what other skills do you have? Uh, and that, that literally is kind of <laughs> the way the job description read. Uh, and so I was like, you know what? I cooked at, at, uh, at the bed and breakfast uh, in Colorado, so I've got cooking skills. I can definitely do that. Um, and Kelly goes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in being a program director. Because she had, um, I mean, her original plan was to, she had, she had taken some time to work for uh, recreational uh, Christian kind of recreational ed, kind of spiritual um, Christian recreation. Um, I'm blanking on what it's actually called, but um, doing doing like um, programs where you know you run upward upward uh, bound basketball or uh, uh, doing some you know just being in charge of kind of the rec ministry. Uh, that's it, recreational ministry. And so she's like, oh yeah, I'd be interested in doing a program thing. And so. Um, so we sent, so I sent, I sent, we sent, I sent, oh, so I sent my resume, Callie sent her resume and we said, Hey, we're interested. Um, so sent that in, we did, uh, we did a phone interview. I think, I can't remember. I think Callie and I may have done separate phone interviews. Um, and then, um, and this was, you know, a lot, a lot longer before remote work, uh, but um, we did our interviews, um, and the director was like, yeah, uh, why don't you guys come up? We'll do an in-person interview. Um, so that would have been like 20 days later, roughly. Um, so we went from not having a job where we thought we were going to have – I thought I was going to have a job. Went from not having a job to having a new opportunity where we were flying out of Abilene and then – or maybe we flew out of DFW. I don't know. Flying out to Chicago – which neither of us have really gone to, had been to, um, in January. Um, favorite, favorite story is um, here we are in the, um, the airplane. Uh, I'm on the window seat. Callie's in the middle seat. And there's a lady sitting next to us. And uh, as we come into the airport, there's these huge mounds of dirty black snow. And Callie goes, oh, my gosh, there's snow. And I was like, yeah. And the lady next to us was like, you guys aren't from here, are you? We hate that snow. Uh, because by the time, what you learn, if you live any length of time in Illinois, is that um, what happens when you have these big snows is that they they you, they take these tractors and they push them up into kind of big, basically, mounds. And then that snow stays around. And so it collects all the smog and dirt and, and um just turns dark and black and it's not good snow and and uh, and it'll just stay until it gets warm enough to melt it away and so it's not pretty and it's not wonderful but for two kids from texas who had rarely seen snow cover the ground um it was quite exciting uh to say the least and uh, so we got here and it was so cold loved it uh, but it was so cold um i so the, the two things that i learned um, about being cold. Uh, number one is that in the South, I never had to own a pair of mittens or gloves because it never got cold enough for my hands to hurt. However, <laughs> it didn't take me long being in Chicago and then uh, at, at the camp uh, to be outside and realize that I was going to have to have some good gloves or mittens because if not, the cold would literally hurt my hands. 
Um, and, and then also the second thing uh, we learned was that we need bigger coats. We didn't even, this, we, we, we had to get, we had to like get like big ski jackets because the jackets that we had, the coats that we had were not big enough for um, the north. Uh, we just didn't need that in Texas. Um, it got cold, but it didn't get cold, cold. Um, so we flew into Chicago. Uh, the director picked us up. We rode back. It's about two and a half hours to camp from from the airport. Uh, so we rode back. We um, got to hang out, kind of did a tour of camp, got to hang out with uh, the camp families. Um, got to kind of, we did an interview process. Um, so that was like a, a Thursday, Friday um, night. Saturday, we went into Peoria and uh, met some kids uh, who were part of the ministry. And um, Saturday night, um, we didn't know uh, that we were going to be offered the job. I mean, we felt like they flew us out, that that was kind of going to be, it was pretty obvious that that's, that's where we were headed, right? That, that was, although, you know, with my track record. But that's where we were headed, and Callie and I were talking about it, and she's like, I don't want to be the program director. I think I just want to be the cook. And I was like, well, I can do whatever, so that's cool. Yeah, sure, I will, I'll be the program director, and you be the cook. And so uh, the next morning, Sunday morning, we're about to go back, uh, be dropped off at O'Hare so that we can fly back to Texas. Um, we say, hey, and talk to the director, said, hey, um, just a little switcheroo on you. But um, Paul is going to do the program and Kelly's going to be the cook. And he was really okay with that. I think they were just looking for, they were so desperate for a couple. Um, they were desperate for, for um, at some point, they were desperate for pulses. But we, we released, you know, had a little bit more than that. Um, and so, yeah, we, we said this is what we want to do. And so we got dropped off. We flew back to Texas. We hung around for a while. And um, eventually we were offered the job um so we said yes so that was the end of january um, we ended up saying all right we'll come up in about four weeks um roughly uh in the meantime because uh, there was some there's some paperwork and all that stuff to have to work out in the meantime um we um we were going to move into a double wide trailer. So we looked at it. We we're like, okay, we kind of know we're going to put our stuff. And in that interim period, the uh, parsonage uh, that, that was being basically um, allowing camp to use um, the, the pastor who had his own house. So he wasn't using the parsonage uh, passed away. Um, and so the church was like, hey, we're probably going to need that parsonage back. And so the camp lost that. Um, so we get a, you know, we got an email or a call that was like, hey, so um, you guys aren't going to move into the trailer, the double wide trailer. Uh, you guys are going to move into a two bedroom apartment slash kitchen, dining room, living room thing um, that's that's in the uh, that was next door to the office uh, of the camp. Uh, I mean, literally, we would walk out our door into the office of the camp, and it was the bottom floor uh, of the uh, the house where the maintenance guy, maintenance ropes course guy lived uh, above us with his th wife and three kids. Um, and 
They're like, and we didn't even really get to see that, but we're like, yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll move into that. Um, and so we did, um, packed all our stuff into a big U-Haul and drove up to central Illinois. And had one of the worst experiences. Um, first, first night being in Illinois, um, for Cali anyway, um, we went to a restaurant that um, we were like, yeah, let's just, we're just going to eat out. So we went to a little town that's near the camp. We went to this restaurant. And um, I got the most ridiculous thing that is in the central Illinois area, which is a pork tenderloin. And if you've never had one, um, well, what they do is they take a, a tenderloin that's usually this kind of rounded thing, and they pound it out super flat. And when you pound out that, something like that super flat, it becomes like a hubcap. Um, and, and then what they, they take that, and they put that on your plate, and then they put a hamburger, a regular hamburger bun, and so it just kind of sits in the middle of it like a tiny hat. Um, and they go, there you go. And so I was like, this is amazing. Um, but Callie, who, uh, when you're in the South, she liked um, fried fish. And so she saw on the menu that there was a fried catfish. And I'm fairly certain that what they did with this fish was basically dip it in batter. Not, not I mean, not, not taking, there was no scales removed. The eyes were still there. Everything's still there. Dipped it in batter, put it in the fryer, put it on the plate. It was not good. Um, if you don't like fishy, fishy, fishy tasting fish, um, yeah, this was not good. So we split my tenderloin because, quite frankly, I had more than enough. And uh, so it was, a, but it was, it was, I guess, an omen maybe to move into camp. I don't know. Um, so that was kind of a fun story of just the differences. And you know, in the South, when you think catfish fillets, you think like cornbread um, and fried, and this was the whole catfish. Deep, some kind of batter fried. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of a culture shop there. Um, we we moved in, got kind of got settled, everything, and we immediately that next day we left uh, to go to a conference. Uh, three days later, we came back and the we we spent uh, a day and a half cleaning out the freezer that had um, malfunctioned and all of the food had spoiled. Um, so that was like, welcome to camp. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, and to be honest, we were living day by day, month by month at that time. Because again, we had thought, hey, we're going to go be a pastor over here. We thought Paul's going to get this pastor position and, and that's what we're going to do. And, and then that door closed and then they're like, all right, we're going to do this camp thing. But we're like, well, that's not really ever been in our purview of like, yeah, that's that's a that's a life goal. That's a, a life stop that we planned on doing. Um, and so we were just taking it day by day, month by month. Uh, the camp itself was in pretty dire straits because of um, – the economy at that time, uh, the gas had gone up so high. Um, one of the big companies here, Caterpillar, had done uh, had frozen any kind of internship hiring, and and that was one of the big contracts that the camp got at the time was that they would bring out all of these cat interns, and and so we lost big contracts, and so we we spent our first um, little bit of life at camp 
wondering if the camp itself was even going to make it. Um, and it did. God was good. Um, but one of the big lessons we learned through that, because um, we, we were newly married, I mean, very, very young married, one or two years in, right? And um, we learned that we don't work together uh, very well as far as careers go. Uh, some people can, some people can't. I love the fact that my wife can go and work at a school, uh, substitute whatever she does, um, love that, and I will go do my thing, and then we'll come home, we'll see each other, and I love spending time with her. But it just was not, for our relationship, it was not um, the right thing for us to work together. And we figured that out over the three years. Again, it was some rough, there were some rough times, it was very stressful. Also, if, you, if you've never lived in the same place that you work and you can't ever get away from that, um, yeah, and that, that has its own set of problems. Um, and so, yeah, um, so we learned that. Um, but it was just one of those things of we, you're trying to figure out, God, what are you doing? What's, what are we supposed to do? God, we just want to serve you. God, we just, we just want, that's what we want to do. And we thought we were headed towards San Angelo. Every egg in that basket, counting them before they hatch. It seemed there was there was nothing that would change that. And then one day it, it changed. And, and what do you do? Uh, and then t- three weeks later, we were headed to being uh, hanging out in, in Illinois. Neither one of us had ever even imagined leaving Texas and living somewhere else. It just wasn't on our radar. And then in three weeks, it changed. Everything changed. And um, and that's just the way it is sometimes. Sometimes you think you have it figured out, and, and you don't. Sometimes you think you know what God's telling you, and then you figure out that's that you're not right. That you, not that you misheard, but that things changed. That you were headed in the right direction, but then that direction got changed. And, and, and it's hard. It's hard because I look back and you think about like, oh, all the difference that it could have been. And, and you think about, wow, okay. Well, Paul, if you want to be a pastor, like you, there's kind of a, uh, a progression. And I was in that, right. I was, I was part-time pastor and getting my, my master's in divinity and I was going to move into a full-time pastorate. I was going to be a pastor and that's what I was going to do with my life. Super excited about that. And then just full stop. I said, no, the people of that church said no. For whatever reason, I'll never know. Maybe, maybe in heaven, God will, will take a moment to explain it all to me, but I don't know. I don't, uh, I can speculate. I can tell you what I think, but just, just, it just didn't, it didn't work out. And, um, and, and life just kind of became a series of God. Okay. Wherever you want me to go. So we did three years at camp and then I, I went back, went back to Texas. I did three years as a youth minister, music minister. Um, and that was hard uh, because, 
you know, again, we, we went where the places where we felt God was opening the doors. Um, we went and um, it just wasn't a great culture, church. There's just a lot of things that were not good. Um, and I was not um, smart enough to ask the right questions. Uh, or at least, and, and also then there was just people who didn't, um, who, who could have given me information who chose not to. Uh, and, and I'm not even going to get into that, but it was just hard. And so three years there, we uh, got open the door to come back to camp and, and Callie absolutely loves living at camp. And, and I do too. I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome to be able to kind of live in a place where you can just go out and walk and you're in nature. Um, a few steps from your front door. Uh, it's a community like no other. Um, and that's awesome. Kind of inbuilt, self-built community and our best friends, um, still, still work there. One of them is Jim. Um, and Callie is, is good friends with his wife. Um, so, you know, um, it's, it's just a, it's just, just such a good place. Um, but it but it hasn't led like the paths of of and and so what I've what I've done with my life why I'm not a pastor get back to the topic of this is that it's just not what God has for me um I have an education I have some of the experience uh I've been I've I've worked at camp uh and was basically a camp pastor um I've uh, volunteered at churches. I've used my gifts in that way, leading leading music and and preaching. Um, and now I work at a ministry where a lot of those same gifts not not well. I still yeah I, I use the music. I, I lead worship for staff meetings at times. I I use the same pastor gifts, but I'm I'm just not what people. It's just not the traditional idea of what people consider ministry for a pastor. Um, and that's okay, because it's where God has me, uh, and um, and that's that's the only place I want to be. And and if God says, "Hey, pick up your stuff and move," we will again. Poor Kali, she has moved way too many times. Probably, um, we've gotten real good at it, and we're real good at not keeping stuff because we're we're ready to respond. One of the things that we have about our life is that we want to be where God wants us to be, and and we're ready to respond to that wherever He might lead us. That's our that's one of the things like um, that we agree about in being married is that that we want to be where God wants us to be. And so that, that continues to be the prayer. One of the reasons I started the podcast was to be a creative place for me to kind of use some of those gifts that I have with, with talking about God. And, and, and one of the reasons that I write for pathios.com um, on, on the uh, unbroken ground on my blog there is, is so that I can use some of the gifts that I have because I, I don't want to be um, – I was using them. I continue to use them. But, here's a, but these are some more creative outlets where I'm using the gifts, the education that I have, and hopefully that it's a blessing to some people. It doesn't have to be 8 million or trillion or billion people. It can be 30 or 5 or 1. And, and as long as that's honoring God, that's what I want to do. So, yeah, that's why I'm not a pastor. That's because God directed me down a different path. Um and I said yes. And he's never taking me back. Um I, there's been there's been times that I've gotten close. 
uh, he's never taken me down, back that path to being a pastor. There have been times that I've gotten close, but I'm, it just hasn't, hasn't worked out. It didn't happen. And, and so for me, and I hope uh, you hear that as an encouragement, uh, is that God, that, that, I, that I feel that I'm following God to the best of my ability and God is pleased with what I'm doing. Um, and, and he wants to see me to use my gifts. And so that's what I do. I look around and I, and I find ways to use my gifts and I try to, um, to impact the kingdom wherever I might be. And I don't have to be paid full-time to do that or part-time. Um, I don't have to be paid at all uh, because I'm, because doing work for God doesn't require that. I hope you found um, maybe this one a little bit funny, a little bit um, interesting in places, but just, yeah, the story of how I ended up in Illinois, um, how I ended up at camp. Uh, it's, it's as simple as that and complex as that, at, at following God and, and just listening and trying to figure out, God, what is it you want me to do? And, and then I'm going to do it. I hope that's your prayer too. I hope that you're finding ways to 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 serve and minister and the way with the skills and the gifts and the talents that you have, the resources that you have, wherever you might be, uh, and that you would be encouraged to to do that more and more each day. Um, next week I'm going to be jumping into some more. I won't be talking about me so much, but more just um, some some getting close to the end, but just about Jesus and and the Bible. Uh, but I uh, wanted to kind of do a quick series through just kind of explain. A little bit about my life and and how I got to be who I am and um, what what I, I again it's not all the way up to modern day um, so there's some things thrown there uh, that I didn't talk about but it, it's at least a good idea of like this is why this is how this is why I am where I am and and who I am and what I do uh, hope that you find some blessing in that hope that you find some encouragement in that and I hope you have a great week hope to hear you hope hope to see you or have you hear me again uh, up, coming up next week uh, God bless. Thank you.